Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. You're listening to Two Men and the Mouse, episode 223 on the White Dragon Podcast Network, recorded live on June the 22nd, 2021. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, Peter Mandel. Hey, Kev. Hey, Pete. It's going to be an explosive uh, show today. Oh, I see what you did there. That's not a threat. It's a it's a promise. Got it. Uh, folks, we are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day. And we want to share that magic with you. So pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Beep! Kevin. All right. Well, we are going to be talking fireworks later on in the show because, you know, fireworks are coming back in um, just about eight or nine days at this point. So I'm right. um, very, very excited about that. But first, before that, you know, we recorded on Thursday and I was like, ah, gosh, how much how much news could possibly drop between a Thursday and a Tuesday? Apparently a lot of news. So <laughs> we need to jump right into the news this week, brought to you by Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you, who you can always reach by sending an email to DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net or look him up on Facebook as Magical Travel Dave. You don't pay a dollar for his services, folks. It's a no-brainer. Dave Weikert, Magical Travel. Are you ready for the news? Hit me. All right. Worldwide news. Um, I think it's worth pointing out that this is the first week of worldwide news where we have nothing to talk about with masks. Oh, nice. That's so, something. Yeah. I would like to celebrate that for a minute. So just, you we've know. cleared the first non-mask hurdle. Yep. Just a quick little celebration. All right. We're done. All right. 50 golden characters are going to be appearing around Walt, all around Walt Disney World as part of the 50th anniversary celebration. Did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. We've grown up. Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, Goofy, Pluto, and Chippendale will be a part of a new collection of special golden character sculptures that debut October 1st across all four Walt Disney World theme parks. There will be 50 characters featured overall, and according to Disney, guests will be able to interact with the Disney Fab 50 in surprising ways as part of the 50th anniversary celebration. What surprising way can you interact with a statue? They could make them talk. I don't mean like animatronic. I just mean sound. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe if you like, if you put like a churro in like Goofy's hand, the arm will go down and a secret passageway will open up and you'll you'll like go on this national treasure, like treasure hunt around the parks. Probably not. I was thinking more like somehow it'll interact with like the My Disney Experience app. Oh, that'd be interesting. Like you push a button on the app and like Goofy's head moves or something. I again I don't think these things are going to move or do anything like that but who knows you I know, just think I mean, more sound or if we can get the peri- lights. If, if if the Perry the platypus you know stuff in Epcot can move from a, from a phone like why not something like this but you know now I'm not as familiar with the Perry stuff is it like where someone can like you know it's funny so like I have an R2D2 in my store right he's like yes. the, uh, one of my favorite things in the store and I always kind of have them like 
somewhat out of the reach of people and people are like no he should be on the floor and i'm like right but if he was on the floor he wouldn't make it through this year yes people like to touch things people like to see if they can pull things off like Mm -hmm. it's just how people are you know what i mean so like are you gonna have something that moves it can't really be within arm's reach okay that you know what that's true i i I could see that but what about something that was like you know they have those like gardens in the in the hub uh, mm-hmm. Where they're kind of like gated off. If you put it like in the middle of that and you push the that button, could be cool. and move, like I think that would work. Yeah. Well, maybe they're all going to be different. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? What well, we will know in October. So, you know, I'll give a full report when that happens. No resort news this week. No water park news. We do have some Disney Springs news, though. Okay. Remember when the Ample Hills Creamery was coming to Disney Springs and now they're not because the company i think went out of business so the boardwalk location and the disney springs location were both scrapped correct remember how upset i was about this yes well now it looks like we're going to be getting an announcement that the salt and straw ice cream company is expected uh to be coming to disney springs uh it's ex- the oregon based company began as a small kiosk in 2011 and has since grown to include brick and mortar locations mainly on the west coast this includes a store in downtown Disney in Disneyland. So there's already a connection there. Right. Salt and Straw is known for its unique and creative flavors, including sea salt with caramel ribbons, honey lavender, pear and blue cheese. Hmm. That sounds okay. awful. Abraquina olive oil and cold brew coffee cashew praline. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. I feel like I have to try it. Like it could be like the new Beverly challenge. Like, but that's the whole thing. That's why they the make blue things like that sound so outrageous is because yeah. they want you to be yeah. like, ew, I want to try that. And so I fell right into their marketing trap is what you're Correct. saying. Correct. Salt and Straw teased an announcement on its Twitter account, including a picture of Mickey Mouse shaped, uh, Mickey Mouse shaped ice cream. Although not yet announced, it is understood that Salt and Straw will move into the space that was planned for Ample Hills on the west side across from Splitsville with an opening sometime in 2022. So we'll be able to try that ridiculous sounding ice cream at that point. Magic Kingdom news. We got some Magic Kingdom news here. A new nighttime show is coming for the 50th called Disney Enchantment. Okay. So it's going to kick off the 50th anniversary festivities on October 1st at the Magic Kingdom. It is created to launch with the world's most magical celebration. This evening extravaganza will take guests on a journey filled with adventure, wonder, and empowerment. Inspiring everyone to believe in magic, Disney Enchantment will feature music, enhanced lighting, stunning fireworks, and for the first time, immersive projection effects that extend from Cinderella Castle down Main Street, USA. The the concept art that they showed is like, Cinderella Castle is completely golden and Main Street is like turning gold as it, like the lights go down the street. Okay. It sounds like this is going to replace uh, Once Upon a Time as before Happily Ever After. Or te- though technically what they would do is Happily Ever After would go first and then Once Upon a Time would go and I'd be like, no, that's in the wrong order. Right, right. I liked Once Upon a Time though, so I'm going to be a little sad to see it go. I, am I the only person? I, I I like projections. I just don't love it. I don't love it either. But I think that like, I don't know. I think something like this sounds really cool. I'm bringing it, it does. Oh no, Street. it totally does. But now, how far down Main Street do you think it goes? Do you think it just goes down like that strip no. where the Emporium goes, or do you think like City I think Hall? it goes down Main Street? They're not gonna. They're not gonna do this and be like it's like half of me. It's gonna go down all the do way. Do you think City Hall, the theater, the train station, all yeah. that's getting projected on? 
Yep, yep. Interesting. You're going to be like immersed in it. I think that's going to be really cool to be a part of. Me too. I mean, yeah, like if this were the only nighttime show in Magic Kingdom, I'd be like, wow, that's kind of a jip. Like the way I was about Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, right. uh, where it was like just projections and very little fireworks. But we still have Happily Ever After, which is projections with a lot of fireworks. Right. Remember last week we talked about how Rope Drop has returned to Epcot? Well, now Rope Drop is back at Magic Kingdom. The entry procedure has returned following a lengthy pause during the COVID-19 reopening phase. The new process means guests are now held in the hub at one of several ropes leading to each of the Magic Kingdom lands. While with a posted 8 a.m. opening time, the first guests can arrive at the park via Disney Transportation at around 7.15 a.m., and guests parking at the TTC can arrive at the tap style at the tap styles, I guess is what they call the turnstiles now, mm-hmm. at around 7:30 a.m. Guests can then walk Main Street USA and wait at one of the ropes to enter a land. All attractions now open at the official posted opening time, which for this month is 8 a.m. Uh, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood, and Hollywood Studios are all now also using the same rope drop process, so it's back everywhere. Prior to this, guests were able to enter the entire park prior to the official park opening and ride some attractions prior to opening time. So Rope Drop is back. Uh, It does not say here that the show is back that opened the Magic Kingdom. I don't Hmm. think that's back yet. Do you like the Rope Drop show? I liked it when it was at the uh, train station. I don't love it at the castle. Yeah, me neither. Same. It's like I feel like all the charm, like when it was a Main Street USA thing and you were being talked to by like the mayor and the fire chief and all these people. I, then I was like, wow, this is really cool. It's got a lot of charm. But now it's like, hear ye, hear ye, citizens of the Magic Kingdom. And I'm just like, oh, this is all stuffy and like corp. Like, I don't know. It feels like it feels like when you took World of Disney from what it used to be and turned it into Target. And Very yeah, good. it's cool. Mickey gets to show up and whatever and open the parks and the lands. But I really liked it better when they arrived on the train. There was nothing yeah. like seeing those characters show up on the train. And I get it, dude. Like, I, I mean, I understand, like, they don't want people crowded into the front of the park like that anymore. Like, outside the gates. I get it. They want people on Main Street to shop and eat and get breakfast and whatever and and i do like being able to go to the main street bakery get a danish and a coffee and relax on the hub grass while i wait for the park to open that's fun i right. just don't like that show as much like couldn't they have done it on the other side of the train like yeah you would still have a lot of room right yeah like just close off that like like that that part where you can like stand on the top of the stairs, do it there. Like, I would have liked right. that. But I just liked something that was so uniquely Main Street. Yeah, you're right. But what do I know? Just a podcaster. Epcot News. Uh, we have a kickoff date for Harmonious, the new Epcot fireworks show. That's okay, when kick- is it? Take a wild guess. October 1st. Yes, October 1st. Oh, there you go. The next regeneration of the Nighttime Spectacular will debut October 1st, 2021 at Walt Disney World. So there you go. Well, we can get our fill of Epcot forever for the summer, and then Harmonious takes its place. Are you I'm excited su- about that. I yeah. mean, I'll be there in the fall, so I'll make sure I stay and see Harmonious. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, I hope it's good. It's just, you know, when you're replacing a show that was there for literally 20 years. It's, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's hard to do. 
Like, Although, I mean, again, you know, not that I, I will never say COVID worked out for people, but it is funny how like, you know, so Disney's replacing this show that's been there for decades. And like now there's all this time that there's no fireworks and everything's different anyway. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean, like, thrilled for it now. So when a new show comes back, people are just gonna be so happy to have the show. Yes. That they're okay with it. It's yeah. not gonna be like, oh, I wish this was still illuminated. No, no. People are just happy to have the nighttime spectacular back. Well, I mean, you don't think in, within three months people are, are gonna be bored. Oh, then again, it's people that are coming to visit like you know yeah no it's i mean i keep thinking really i works. keep thinking it from my perspective because i'm selfish right um all right animal kingdom news disney's kite tales is debuting in the ma- in animal kingdom for the 50th anniversary so what is disney's kite tales i'm going to tell you about it uh animal kingdom will debut kite tales a new show that will come alive several times a day beginning october 1st inside the discovery river amphitheater so this is that giant amphitheater that they created for rivers of light and yep. after Rivers of Light flopped as hard as it had, they were like, we've got this huge space and nothing going on in there. So what are we going to do? So apparently that's going to be a kite show. Performers will fly. I, I still can't believe Rivers of Light failed on that level. As spectacularly as it did. Like, I mean, Kevin, they goodness. put a lot into this. Like built structure. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's well, insane. And then it was like, how late was it? It was like years late, right? Like it was like really yeah. late because the rumor has it that Joe Rody took one look at it and was like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> Redo it from the ground up. Performers will fly wind catchers and kites of all shapes and sizes while out in the water. Elaborate three-dimensional kites, some stretching up to 30 feet long, will depict Disney animal friends, including Simba, Zazu, Baloo, and King Louie. These colorful creations will dance through the sky to the beat of favorite Disney songs in an uplifting, vibrant experience for the whole family. So here's the thing. Rivers of Light had no IP involvement, and I think that was where they learned their lesson. You know, it's weird. Animal Kingdom, I feel like, like is the only park. I mean, that's a cheer up cut also that can kind of get away with no IP. I love the idea of like the animals being stars. And yeah. I thought it looked cool just when I, I thought, I thought it looked cool in still pictures. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it was, I, when I saw Rivers of Light, I had a very Peter Mandel reaction to it. Okay. Where I was like, that was cool. I don't ever need to do it again. Right now, you saw it live. You mean yes, right? I I watched it when they put it. Like, remember they put it like on, like YouTube, like Disney Parks. Well, yeah, because they were desperate for anyone to yeah. like it. Yeah. So I watched it then, and I was like, "Oh wow, nope, don't care." Yep. Yeah, it was. I mean, there was no IP in it. There was like, and and they, they kind of learned the lesson with that. So there you go. Uh, my favorite bit of news that ever comes out of Animal Kingdom happened again. A new baby animal was born. I saw. Very cool. Yes. A new giraffe. I mean, there have been a lot of giraffes born here. So Animal Kingdom has announced the recent birth of a Maasai giraffe calf born. Giraffe calf. I like that. Born on June 10th, 2021. The third giraffe born at Animal Kingdom this year alone. According to Disney's animal care team on site for the birth, the healthy calf weighed 183 pounds and stood six feet tall. Disney says that the still-to-be-named calf is calm, relaxed, and enjoys cuddle time with his mom, Lily. Distinct markings reveal a butterfly on his right shoulder, heart-shaped spots on his coat, and a white-tipped speckled mane. So no name yet for this baby draft. I recommend uh, Kevin or Pete. Or both. Or both. Kevin Pete or Pete Kevin, right. whichever. I think that would be good. 
Drafts born at the park spend several weeks bonding in backstage environments before meeting their extended draft family members, also known as a tower, a tower of draft. I know you love that. I do love that. There is nothing that I love more in Animal Kingdom than when I learn about like the dip, the various names of what groups of animals are called. Tower of draft, a crash of rhinos, a bloat of hippos, a flamboyance of flamingos. Come on. What could be better? I think elephants are just a herd, right? Maybe. Herd of elephants, pride of lions, a dazzle of zebras. That's a new one that I learned. A group of zebras are called a dazzle. What are like a bunch of owls called? A nightmare. So mom and the new calf should be joining the rest of the draft herd on the savannah in the coming weeks. The most recent birth is another success for the Association of Zoos and Aquariums Species Survival Plan Program. These plans ensure responsible breeding of threatened and endangered species. Giraffes are a vulnerable vulnerable species facing a silent extinction in the wild with a population decline of 40% over the past 30 years. That's horrifying. Wow. Yep. Walt Disney World is home to two subspecies of giraffes. Maasai giraffe live on the park's Kilimanjaro Safari Savannah, while reticulated giraffe... Hybrid Draft and Maasai Draft roam the savannah at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. So there you go. That's the news this week. All right. Good yeah. news. Decent. I mean, look, it's, is it is it a huge news week? No, but it's more than I expected for five days worth of right. news. Uh, so, oh, before that, by the way, we, we got the results in. Uh, our fans have voted on... You know, our wonderful friends around the world have voted on who had the better restaurant between oh, tell me about between it. what they have dubbed Kev's Kitchen and Pete's Place. OK, uh, which I, I really like. Um, I got to tell you, buddy, I beat you on this one. I assumed you would. I, yeah. I we went very different. You know, I, I kind of imagined mine as like what I would want out of a Disney World restaurant. Like there's so many restaurants. I don't want everyone to cater to everyone. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Like. Like that somebody said to me, they were like, well, Pete made a restaurant that Pete would like, and you made a restaurant that like, like, you know, you could market like, because the vegetarians were very thankful for, for, but that's the whole thing. Like I could have easily picked, like there were three soup of the days we could have chosen. Yeah. There were, there were four random salads. Salads, Like I didn't watch you. I don't feel like those are real choices. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think you did a good job. And by the way, my girlfriend picked your restaurant. Okay, thank you. My girlfriend, who is allergic to shellfish. I was shellfish, just going to say that, but. She's allergic to shellfish, and she picked your shellfish-filled restaurant. I, there was, like, I couldn't believe she picked And I didn't tell her, like, which one was which. I just kind of read her the the mm-hmm. list. And I'm like, which of these two restaurants would you pick? And she was like, that one. And I'm like, the one with the shellfish? <laughs> so. Well, just for our vegetarian listeners, trust me, it, when Pete's Place finally opens, right? of course we will have vegetarian meal. I am a huge fan. Uh-huh. Well, you like vegetables way more than I do. I'm a for real vegetable person. You I really just, are. you know, in this case, choosing from the restaurants of the Magic Kingdom, I didn't feel like there were great options. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break here from our sponsors and the rest of the White Dragon Podcast Network, and we'll be back with our e-ticket attraction of the week. So stay tuned, folks. More Two Men in the Mouse coming at you right after this. You know, Pete, it's hard work planning a Disney vacation. 
course. Your whole family has to get going. You got to pack everything up. You got to figure out where you're eating. You got to figure out where you're staying. But you know what makes life so much easier? Makes your trip planning a more fun experience? Tell me. That sounds like something I need. Absolutely. You need a travel agent. Do we know one of those? We absolutely do. We know our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men and the Mouse, folks. We've both used him. Yes, we have. Dave Weikert plans our Disney vacations all the time, and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves. Dave started his Cranford-based business here in 2008, and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it was his own, and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. Very easy to work with and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave, you're likely to pay less and get more. And what's better than that, Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that. That's like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney Cruise Line vacations you might be going. Uh, This can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all your kids. He gave them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weicker autograph books. Of course. Well, Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weicker. Depends how his name on it. Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. It's really, truly a no-brainer, folks. Take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men and the Mouse. If you and your family are taking a trip to the Orlando area this year, your little ones deserve to stroll in style. Lugging a stroller from home can be an annoying and frustrating part of the first leg of your journey, and renting those hard plastic strollers from Disney theme parks can be both costly and uncomfortable for your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you about the solution to your child transport problems, and that's Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. Not only is it less expensive than renting a stroller from the theme parks themselves, but these are padded luxury models with features like drink holders, canopies, storage baskets, and more. What's more, you keep this stroller with you for your entire trip, whereas park-rented strollers, you got to return them before you leave the park that day. This is going to make those late-night post-fireworks bus stop queues so much easier, and Dad's shoulders are going to thank you for it. So, how does it work? You just go to KingdomStrollers.com and make your selection on the stroller or crib that's right for your child. Just let the good folks over there know a great time for delivery and pickup and where you'll be staying. You can pick your stroller or crib up from the luggage stand at your resort and then drop them back off there at the end of your stay. So pack light, leave your stroller at home, and save up to a whopping 50% versus park price stroller rentals when you visit KingdomStrollers.com. humans my name is morty monster and i'm uh, well 
I'm a monster. I'm here as an exchange student from the monster world, where growing up I fell in love with the world of human pop culture. Unfortunately, not a lot of monsters share that passion, so I came here to experience all of these things that I love and to share that passion with all of you. I do this through my YouTube channel with regular video blogs. One of my favorite things to do is film while in the theme parks of Orlando, Florida. Join me in Walt Disney World, Universal Studios, SeaWorld, and more. I'll also be reviewing comic books, web videos, TV shows, movies, and other awesome stuff. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash MortyMonster. I'm on Instagram as MortyMonster and friends. I'm also on Twitter as MortyMonsterBFF. From there, you can find a link to my YouTube videos. Please like, subscribe, love, sign up for notifications and more for all the Morty content. I can't wait to share my adventures with all of you. Morty Monster. Hey listeners, this is Mark Daniel, and you're listening to Two Men and the Mouse. Folks, July 1st is going to be a very special day in Walt Disney World. It is the day that fireworks spectaculars return the most magical place on earth arguably one of the most magical aspects of the most magical place on earth returning to all of our lives and that is a signal that things in Walt Disney World are finally going back to normal and the place that we love is coming back to life so with these fireworks shows coming back and with new shows coming on the horizon like Harmonious and Disney's Enchantment we started to wonder how long have fireworks been around in Walt Disney World what form did they once take That's why this week for our e-ticket attraction of the week, Pete and I are detailing all of the fireworks spectaculars that have graced Walt Disney World. This is sponsored by our friends over at Kingdom Strollers who will deliver the crib or stroller of your dreams right to your Disney resort. Okay, my friend, are you ready to dive into some fireworks spectaculars? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. So obviously we're doing three out of the four parks because they don't do fireworks in Animal Kingdom. And, you know, we're not doing non-fireworks shows. So, like, things like Once Upon a Time, Rivers of Light, um, things that were mostly just, like, lighting and projections and stuff like that. We're not really focused on those. We're going to be really just focusing on fireworks, if if that's okay with you, Peter Mandel. Uh, That sounds perfect. All right. Hollywood Studios is where we're going to start. And obviously, they don't do anything in Animal Kingdom with fireworks because of the animals. Like, that would not be good for them. Hollywood Studios started with a show called Sorcery in the Sky. Of course, this was back when Hollywood Studios was referred to as Disney MGM Studios, which depending on who you talk to, some people still call it that. I listen, I've been known to do it. I have friends that like just flat out refuse to not call it MGM. I find I call it DHS more than anything else. Yeah, I, that's what I say, too. Or I just say Hollywood Studios. You know, sometimes I find myself saying studios and, and I talk to a lot of people who are not, you know, us and they're like, they assume I'm talking Universal Studios. I never even thought of of that. So I try and, you know, if I'm going to say it, I try and say the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sorcery in the Sky opened on May 29th, 1990 and closed on October the 15th, 1998 and took place at the Great Movie Ride, like where the Star Wars Galactic Spectacular takes place now. An announcer 
introduces the guest to the show and shouts, lights, camera, action, to set the stage. Now, at this point, you hear the sound of a flickering projector and a silent era piano uh, playing music. That then segues into various movie themes, including those from Wizard of Oz, Singing in the Rain, Mary Poppins, Star Wars, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. So basically everything that was in the great movie ride. Right. Yep. It was like the great movie ride took to the skies. The announcer yeah, that sounds that, wonderful. Yeah, I, that really sounds great. I, I'm mad that like I never saw this. Uh, the announcer then tells the guests about one of Walt Disney's greatest film accomplishments, Fantasia, much like they did in The Great Movie Ride. Then a medley of various musical pieces from Fantasia plays before the grand finale in which a giant inflatable Mickey Mouse in his Sorcerer's Apprentice garb emerges from the top of The Great Movie Ride and shoots sparks from its fingertips. I'm really mad that I never saw this. I know, right? This sounds amazing. Can we bring this back? Yeah. You know what I really miss in studios? And it's, it has nothing to do with this fireworks show, but it does have something to do with like the movie stuff. Remember they used to just play like movie themes, like movie scores? Yeah. They would play the Superman theme. Yeah, dude, that wasn't that long ago. I, yeah, it was, when I, it was while I lived here. I know. It, like I would always like if I was wearing my glasses, like when the Superman theme was like dun 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 I would just start walking faster and like take my glasses off. Like I loved it. I loved it oh, so much. Awesome. It made me so happy. Um, footage was used from Sorcery in the Sky for a Disney sing along songs video called Disneyland Fun during the closing song of When You Wish Upon a Star. You ever watch the Disney sing-along songs when you were a kid? I feel like you nope. didn't. Yeah, no, I did. did. It was like they were really good, and like they would always open up with like this, um, like these birds in a classroom, which is just horrifying. Like they're just learning how to be evil, uh, and, and it would sing this like join right in, sing along with another Disney song, and like they would just there was a parks one where they went through Disneyland. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. I, I highly recommend it. So here's one that I think is is almost kind of funny. The Rocketeer actually appeared in the show in 1991, flying over the theater. But this was soon quickly dropped after the film was a monumental flop. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I love Rocketeer. and You know who didn't? The rest of the world. I know. I know. And Disney really wanted that to succeed. Like, they thought this was going to be the thing. Yep. It was like one of those Michael Eisner, like, no, this is the thing. Kind of, you know, what's funny is it, it was kind of ahead of its time in the sense that it was like retro and like an, an action movie that was like a period movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, I feel like if you did that today and made like a 50s like style, you know, like movie like with Betty Page, you know, pretty much in it, I, I feel mm. like it would do well. But it was just not meant for that time. I guess so. Also, this show is originally narrated by Vincent Price the cool. classic horror actor. This was changed after his death in 1993, and he was replaced with a Citizens of Hollywood actor named Michael Marzella. Hmm. And so, I mean, why not Why not keep Vincent Price after he died? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's something going on there. I don't know. But, like, I thought that would have been even cooler because it's like, hey, we still get Vincent Price. Like, But now, okay, so you ready for this? This, is, this, this trivia blew my hair back. Okay. Vincent Price was not the original narrator who was supposed to do it. Okay. When the show was conceived, it was originally going to be narrated by Jim Henson. Huh. But then his death, then he died in the early 90s, and that prevented that. Man, this show's got a lot of... Uh, yeah. 
A lot of information coming at you here. A lot of tragedy. This show actually made one other appearance after its closure. It came back in 2002 for the Disney Studios uh, New Year's Eve party. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's super cool. Because, I mean, like it's more than just like, hey, let's set up the sound cues and like shoot up mm-hmm. the fireworks. Like You have to get that Mickey, that inflatable Mickey up there again. With Dude, that inflatable Mickey might still be there. That's a good point. They might have just never know. taken it down. It might be like one of those things where like when it deflates, they just kind of box it like in place. Yeah, you never know. Okay, moving along. What repla- Now, what replaced this show? None other than Fantasmic, of course. Opening October 15th, 1998. The Disneyland version has been around since, and I didn't know this, 1992. Yep. Mm-hmm. I did not realize Fantasmic was that old. If you look at any time that Disney like kind of promotes Fantasmic, it's kind of the Disneyland one they're yeah. referring to. Yeah. You know, like case in point, I just got like a thing of Disney socks. It was like, you know, 12 days of socks. It had all different rides from the parks mm-hmm. and the, it had Fantasmic and it clearly is the Disneyland one. Interesting. Very interesting. So the, originally when it was planned to bring Fantasmic to Walt Disney World, it was planned to bring it to the Rivers of America in the Magic Kingdom, but then they quickly realized that was not feasible because that's kind of like where it is in Disneyland. It's a much different area. So a 10,000-seat amphitheater was built for the show in Disney's MGM Studios at a time in which attendance for the the third park was dwindling. Uh, You know, this is around the time when Animal Kingdom was getting set to open, and I guess there wasn't really a lot of excitement for the studios at that point. Right. So this was meant to boost low attendance numbers, and boy, did it. The show follows a dream version of Mickey Mouse. The villains invade his dream to try to destroy his imagination, and we get Pocahontas in it. So, you know, it's all it's all yep. good. Yeah. 1998, Pocahontas yep. still relevant, question mark? Yeah, did that come out in, like, 94 or, ni- like, early 90s? Uh, it was 95. Oh, yeah, well, so three years later, I'm, I'm not seeing the... I always just kind of assumed that, like, Van... Fantasmic came out like the summer that Pocahontas was out. I mean, you would think so, given the content, given how just how much. Whereas, like the Disneyland version uses what Peter Pan, which is weird too, because like it's not like Pocahontas was like a roaring success. It did okay, but you know, following Lion King, it like paled in comparison. Yeah, but I mean, and, and like with that setup that they have in, um, yeah, they have the Lion King little section there, but like with the setup they have in that amphitheater, you'd think that a Lion King segment like that would work a lot better. I, I know. I they, they do have that, you know, with the multicolored animals. But yeah, that Pocahontas scene, man, it just goes on and on and on. And you'd you think like they, you know, in Disneyland, they pick Peter Pan, a timeless classic. But I, yeah, I don't get it. I still to this day don't get it. The water screens are wonderful. The barges are wonderful. The Maleficent dragon is so cool when it lights the water on fire. Uh, what's your favorite one of the barges? Because it's probably the same as mine. Oh, I mean, I like anything with, with Steamboat Willie. So. Yeah, that's mine. Mine, too, is the Steamboat right. Willie barge that they bring out. But for me, the best part about Fantasmic is the Sorcerer Mickey at the very end on top of the on top of the set conducting the fireworks in the sky. Like, yeah, there's nothing better cool. than that. And Sorcerer Mickey is my favorite Mickey, as I've said before. So I, I'm 
highly, highly uh, a lover of Fantasmic, and I can't wait till it comes back. I've seen rumors that Fantasmic is coming back in September, but I have not seen an official confirmation of that. Yeah, I told you last week about what you know Dave said as far as like um, dining reservations, and it looks like the Fantasmic package is on there. You can't book anything with it, mm. but I mean the fact that they put it back on have added it to means yeah. that that's coming back oh, i can't wait to go to fantastic again i'm gonna really love being there and i mean look some of you are like why aren't they going into more detail about the about fantastic look we'll do a full fantastic show someday this is you know we're trying to get through everything and this is just one park and one show so yeah we've got it so then um moving on to some star wars stuff symphony in the stars do you remember symphony in the stars did you ever see it yes i did yeah, so this was the original Star Wars fireworks in Hollywood Studios. It originally debuted in 2010 during the last tour to Endor event, which was when they were closing the original Star Tours to bring in the new Star Tours. Music and voice clips from the movies were set to fireworks, an abridged version of this show was subsequently presented for special events, including the Star Tours Galactic Party on May 19th, 2011, and for Star Wars Day on May 4th, 2013. The show began annually in 2014 during Star Wars weekends. It was retooled as Symphony in the Stars, a galactic spectacular, and became a nightly presentation beginning in December 2015 until it retired in June of 2016. So, yeah, Symphony in the Stars. Did you see it on Star Wars weekend? No. I saw it later. I'm still during the 2015 to 2016 yeah. era. Yeah. I am still so bitter that I never saw uh, Star Wars weekends. Star Wars weekends was a lot of fun. I went, I went probably about four times. I, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I am loved still, it. The year that I moved here was the year they stopped doing Star Wars weekends. Yeah. I hated that. I have a jingle bell, jingle bam. Have you ever seen that? No, I have not. Christmas time show, uh, prep and landing from the prep and landing films are the main characters of it. It has a plot. Now it's in here because there are some fireworks, not a lot. It's mostly like projection, projection, projection. Poof. Are you saying this is jingle bell, jingle bam? Yeah. And my maybe I'm Are you saying there's not much bam? Maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on the bam. It's jingle bell, jingle bam. Or maybe it's like it's an ironic bam. Yeah. (laughs) Jingle bell, jingle bam. So we got some fireworks mixed in with a lot of projections. So the storyline when Santa Claus goes missing from the North Pole before offering a Christmas message to Walt Disney World guests. Um, what's her name? Maggie, the 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 elf from Prep and Landing. I mean, it's been a couple of years. Maggie, I don't know how to say it. She sends Wayne and Lanny on a search and rescue mission that leads them to Halloween Town in the Lair of Oogie Boogie to save Santa and Christmas. The Christmas adventure features winter moments from Disney films such as Beauty and the Beast, Brother Bear, Fantasia, Once Upon a Winter Time, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Bambi, Pluto's Christmas Tree, and Mickey's Christmas Carol. So there you go, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. It'll probably be back this year, hopefully. Then you had the wonderful world of Disney animation, which was also a fireworks and projection show. It was preceded by the Disney movie Magic Show, which was really just projections. It didn't have any fireworks. This premiered on May 1st, 2019 to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the park. Originally set to close on May 12th, 2020, but it closed in March due to COVID-19. The show kicked off to a tr- uh, with a tribute to the beginning of Disney animation, Mickey Mouse, 
and follow, was followed by segments highlighting a number of animated features, including Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Sleeping Beauty, The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lilo and Stitch, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Frozen, Big Hero 6, Zootopia, Cars 3, Coco, and Ralph Breaks the Internet. There's also a Disney villain segment highlighted by Tamatoa, Hades, and Yzma. Okay. Love Yzma. I, can never get enough uh, Yzma. Right? Wrong, Leva. They have an Yzma and Kronk uh, Christmas tree ornament. Where they're in like the ve- the ride vehicle that they're in when they like go into uh-huh. the thing. I want it really bad. Oh, that sounds here. wonderful. Yeah, the uh, you know, and I saw Coco the other night. My girlfriend made me watch it, and I cried a lot. Yeah, Coco's pretty good. You know, it's weird though because I just had this argument with my children who are split on this. I am more of a fan of Book of Life. I'm not telling you Book of Life is a better movie. I don't know what the book of what is the book of. You've life? never seen Book of Life, no. Guillermo del Toro. Um, oh. I like the idea that that, that the animation there like dolls. Uh, Book of Life is a is a great movie. Yeah, I um like and it wasn't just like uh, like a couple tears fell down my face. Like at the end of that movie, I full on was like sobbing. Like it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. All right, that gives us to the main event of Hollywood Studios. Star Wars, a galactic spectacular, began on June 17th, 2016. Uses projection mapping technology, fire effects, lasers, searchlights, fog, smoke, and of course, fireworks. The shells are launched from a cross-world drive instead of within the boundary of the park, as was previously done. So as a result, the fireworks appear slightly to the right of the of the Chinese theater. Hmm. You ever noticed that? No. I love this show. Like, I love it. It's probably my favorite. Like, it's okay. so, so good. The pyro is, lo- there's pyro launched from the top of the great movie ride. Also from the rooftops of the Hyperion Theater, the ABC Commissary, One Man's Dream, Voyage of the Little Mermaid, and Disney Junior Live on stage. Pretty cool. Now, we're in agreement here. The best part of a Galactic Spectacular is the Sith part, right? Yeah, of course. Come on. Yeah. Like when Palpatine's shooting the lightning and it's like in the trees. Like yeah. close second though, I really like the way they use the laser lights to do the fight between the X Wings and the TIE Fighters. Yeah. So so cool. So Galactic Spectacular begins with a brief narrated prologue of the nineteen seventy seven premiere of A New Hope and the uh TCL Chinese Theater in Hollywood, California. The main show is then divided into segments dedicated to battles, heroes, creatures, romance, and villains. So there you go. A lot of good stuff. No word yet on when this is happening. Okay. Yeah. I re- I mean, who doesn't get chills when that lightsaber uh, beam comes out of the top? Yeah, it's very cool. Now it's just a light. Originally, it was pyro. Do you remember that when it was blue pyro that came out of the top of the theater? I don't. No. Yeah, it was. And the one, but you know, what my, my one of my favorite effects is, and it's so like silly that like, like, because it's so simple. When they're doing the Anakin Obi Wan duel and they have the two blue lights clashing with each other in the sky, the searchlights. Yep. Now I like that also. I remember being in Disney Springs and seeing a blue and red searchlight in the sky clashing. Where they were like they were testing it at the time. Right. So, but then I guess they decided, oh, we'll do this for the Battle of the Heroes. All right, ready to head over to Epcot? Sure. Epcot's first fireworks show was called Carnival de Lumière. And no, this is not based on Beauty and the Beast because it ran from 1982 to 1983, long hmm. before Beauty and the Beast was ever a thing. Maybe Beauty and the Beast inspired by this show. Maybe. It was a presentation that used rear projection screens on barges that floated in the World Showcase Lagoon. 
Between the projection barges were fountains and fireworks barges that were controlled by Apple computers. The show could then be viewed only from points between Mexico and Canada. So you could only watch the fireworks from that area in front of World Showcase back then. Uh, the show lasted just a few months before being replaced. So this is, this is just so interesting to me that like when the, when the park opened, you can only see the fireworks from like right in the front there. Yeah, right. This was replaced by a New World Fantasy, which ran from 1983 to 1984. So they were really replacing these shows every year at this point. Maybe they weren't happy with them. This was set to classical music played on a synthesizer. It used the same barges as Carnival de Lumiere, and but added pick, uh, pickle lights or pitchel lights. I don't know how to say P I C H E L. Uh, and they that these are the first lights that moved automatically. That was replaced in 1984 by Laser Phonic Fantasy, 1984 to 1998. Now, this show could actually be viewed from all around World Showcase Lagoon and featured synthesized music. The projection barges were abandoned, and the fountain and fireworks barges were arranged around a central barge consisting of lighting effects, fog effects, and lasers. Epcot was all in on laser technology, wasn't it? Yeah, of course. Come on. It's like a staple. Yeah. Laser projection booths were installed at Canada, Mexico, and the American Adventure. The automation of the pickle lights was completed and added to the show. Later, small fireworks barges and seawall fireworks were added to expand the show. Laserphonic Fantasy was also the first to use uh, laser graphics on a water droplet screen. The skater scene that was part of this was the first use of non-continuous lines in laser animation. So this is a pretty groundbreaking show. Hmm, okay. Big fan. Big fan of the concept. Now, this was replaced by a little show called Illuminations. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Pretty obscure. I think I remember it was uh, they ran that for a short while. Yeah, right? just a brief a brief stint of about uh 1988 to 2019. Yeah. Uh so the original Illuminations was just called Illuminations and it ran January 30th, 1988 to September 20th, 1996. It was set to a score of classical music from around the world arranged by C- Steve Scrokia or Scroika Scro, yeah, Steve Skorica and performed by the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. So thank you, Canada, for your role in Illuminations. Oh, yeah, nice. you're welcome, eh? Canadians playing Illuminations. Like, without Canada, we'd have no Illuminations. You ever think about that? No. I mean, sure, maybe they would have gotten the London Symphonic Orchestra to play it or something. But, you know, I like to think that this kind of rested in, in you know, Toronto. Like, they were like, oh, should we give them the Illuminations? Yeah, yeah, they deserve it. They deserve it. They're good folks. Um, okay, so there were three move. It was composed of three movements, which was composed of several pieces of music. This show used 25 computers, 13 projectors, six lasers, 11 searchlights, 12 wire mesh screens, 108 fountains, 783 pyrotechnic pieces, 550 theatrical lights, 680 strobe lights, five miles of building outlining lights, and 50,000 light bulbs. So Illuminations was a big undertaking for Disney to go from to go from Carnival de Lumiere, where it was like a couple of barges in the water that only faced forward, right, to, right. to this massive undertaking. It really came a long way as far as nighttime spectaculars go. So this turned into Illuminations 25, 
which debuted in 1996 to celebrate Walt Disney World's 25th anniversary, and it ran only until 1997. They used a non-classical soundtrack at first for Illuminations 25. The second version of Illuminations 25 debuted in 1997, but this one used classical music. All references to the Walt Disney World 25th anniversary were removed in 1998, and this show then continued to run until 1999. What year was your first trip? 98. So you probably saw Illuminations 25. Yeah. I th- that's the first one I saw, too, because my first like Epcot was 1997. So, And I remember we stayed and watched the crazy fireworks with the laser lights. So this yep. was Illuminations 25. That turned into Illuminations Reflection of Reflections of Earth, which ran from October 1st, 1999 to September 30th, 2019. So Reflections of Earth alone was 20 years. All of Illuminations, you're looking at more than 30 years. Crazy, right? As, I mean, that is a long... But, I mean, you said there was so much stuff involved. Yes. It makes sense that they kept this yes. for so long. This premiered as you're you're about to roll your eyes when you hear what the original Reflections of Earth title was. Okay, premiered as Illuminations 2000. There you Reflections go. Reflections of Earth. Everything had to be 2000 back. Yep. I hated it. Oh man, even as even as a kid, like a 15 year old kid, I hated it. This was part of the Walt Disney World Millennium Celebration. Received 11 straight Best Outdoor Night Production shows from the Golden T- uh, the Golden Ticket Awards. Now, Illumination's Reflection of Earth was divided into three sections. Chaos, Order, and Meaning. Now, when you think about Illuminations, Pete, what is the one feature of Illuminations that really stands out to you? Huh. I want to see what you think here. It's the same as me. I don't know. See, to me, it's the globe. Oh, yeah. All right, sure. It's the big central globe. So it's 28 feet in diameter and was the world's first spherical video display system. I got to be, it's funny because I look at it, you know, in recent years before it closed and I was like, okay, whatever. But I do remember seeing it like early on and thinking, man, that thing's really cool. Yeah. Because when they first rolled that thing out, the tech was like, we didn't have like screens that were curved like that. And it was awesome. I remember when I first realized that they were projecting images onto it, I was like, how are they doing that? I was like so amazed by it. Uh, So it was wrapped in 15,600 LED clusters and was the only barge in all of Illumination's reflection on Earth that had a driver. That's a cool job. Yeah. The other barges were all automated from the control room but uh the the globe had a drive. could you imagine that's your job like yeah i drive the globe i would love that i drive the globe that then opens up and has fire in it walt disney entertainment invented a new firework launch system for illuminations reflection on earth using pneumatic using a pneumatic launch system instead of standard black powder the compressed air technology allowed the explosions to be timed and it was better for the environment overall. So this was a really good upgrade. Now, the control booth for Illuminations Reflections on Earth, do you know where it is? No. It is above the Mexico Pavilion. Cool. Yeah. Now, there were a couple of uh, things that were added to this throughout the years, like special things. There was the holiday finale added to the ho- is a little sting, a little stinger added to the end of the the show during the holiday season to the song Let There Be Peace on Earth. 
Then there was a Fourth of July version and a New Year's Eve version that would that would happen. So I liked that even for these special events, they were like, we're still going to do illuminations like as is, but then we'll add like a little extra something for you at the end. Yeah, that's nice. There were also special one day only tags on illuminations reflections of Earth. These were on the 25th anniversary of Epcot, the 30th anniversary. I was anniversary. there for that. You, were you? Yeah, what I was, was there it? for 20. What was the tag like? Uh, it was crazy. It was a lot. Really? Like, you know, there's like the finale. And then they just like, it like blew up. Like they like did a lot. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's so it cool was that neat. you got to see that. More cool that I got to see Marty Sklar speak that day. Yeah, I bet. That was pretty cool. It was also uh, the 30th anniversary of Epcot and the 35th. They had the the special tags at the end as well. Uh, and then as you would leave, uh, for a while, the continents were laser projected onto Spaceship Earth, making it appear as a globe. Now, I was trying to remember when you left Epcot after Illuminations, didn't it like say, didn't it have like words up there? Um, on the, uh, yeah. On Spaceship Earth, like it was like goodbye or something like that. Yeah, but it was goodbye in different languages. Yeah, and much much like when you leave, uh, it's a small world. But I couldn't yep. remember if I was remembering that correctly because I was like, wait, am I just thinking of it's a small world? No, much bigger. Yeah, than it's a small world. All right, so now we've currently got Epcot Forever, launched October 1st, 2019, and will be reopening on July 1st with, um, you know, alongside the Magic Kingdom stuff. It celebrates Epcot's musical history and was originally supposed to end in September of 2020, but obviously that didn't happen. Right. Now, Epcot Forever is structured around medleys of Epcot music and the voices of children quoting different attractions with some audio clips of Walt Disney in the Epcot film also being incorporated into the opening and closing. So how so how does this work? And we'll go into a little bit more on to the on this because it is the current show. The opening, we get one little spark from Journey into Imagination and then the song We've Just Begun to Dream. And then we get into the Welcome to the Future or should I say your future section. We get New Horizons from Horizons, Universe of Energy from the original Universe of Energy uh, attraction and Listen to the Land from the original Listen to the Land attraction. Then we get Soarin' to Tower. Are you ready for takeoff? Then we get Legacy, which is the future world area music. Tomorrow's Child from Spaceship Earth. The Soarin' theme. And Magic Journeys from Magic Journeys. And then we get, and so, as you can plainly see, Imagination works best when it is set free. The songs in this one are One Little Spark, Making Memories from the Magic Journeys pre-show, Veggie Veggie Fruit Fruit from Kitchen Cabaret, and It's Fun to Be Free from World of Motion. Then you have May Peace Go With You Forever and Ever as you celebrate the future hand in hand. And we get the Tapestry of Nations, Golden Dream from the American Adventure, and the song Celebrate the Future Hand in Hand. Then you have the finale with a one little spark reprise with new lyrics, and it closes out with a whole new world from Aladdin, weirdly enough. Huh. Yeah, isn't that like, I've always felt that the whole new world kind of comes out of nowhere and kind of like ruins it for me a little bit. Like, I, I can understand that in a way. Like, I get it. Like, it, it's a whole new world. And like, that's the point we're trying to make. But like, to go from like all these Epcot attraction themes to like, here's a song from a Disney movie. Like, it, it takes me out of it. Well, you said you wanted more IP. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be getting it in Harmonious. So. All right. Magic Kingdom ready for the main event. Yeah, this is this is the big one. Yeah, the birthplace of Disney fireworks in Walt Disney World anyway. So obviously the birthplace was Disneyland. And so we're going to start with Fantasy in the Sky, which debuted in Disneyland from 1950, in 1958 and ran until 1996. Like wow. we thought Illuminations was around for a long time. <laughs> right, seriously. Uh, but started in Walt Disney World in 1971 and ran until 2003. Mm. 
So, you know, this was this this was around for a while too. Walt Disney requested a fireworks show to keep the backdrop of Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland in 1958. Uh or I'm sorry, a fireworks show against the backdrop of Sleeping Beauty Castle in 1958 to keep guests at the park for longer hours to provide much needed nighttime entertainment. Early shows were performed by having cast members manually launch hand flares. The show was extremely popular and became a vital component of the Disneyland experience. When the Magic Kingdom opened in Florida in 1971, it was only natural to duplicate the show there. The predecessors to Walt Disney Creative Entertainment, the company that creates all the entertainment for Disney parks worldwide, were able to produce a much larger show with a bigger budget and more space to work with because Cinderella Castle is almost three times taller than Sleeping Beauty Castle, a.k.a. it's an actual castle, not a not a Fisher-Price castle. Right. Um, so that was Fantasy in the Sky. Did you ever see Fantasy in the Sky? I don't think so. I feel like I must have seen it. Hmm. But I really don't. Again, not a huge fireworks guy. I don't know. It sounds, I don't remember. I want to say I saw it at least in like, in like the 90s. Right. But then we have Wishes, a magical gathering of Disney dreams. Wishes opened on October 9th, 2003 and closed on May 11th, 2017. I feel like when you ask most people what their favorite Disney fireworks show is, a lot of them are going to say Wishes. Yeah, come on. I know it's, it's the majority of people's thing. This show was sponsored by Pandora and developed by Walt Disney Creative Entertainment under the direction of the VP of Parades and Spectaculars, Steve Davison. Now, it's so Wishes, a magical gathering of Disney dreams, is hosted by Jiminy Cricket and the Blue Fairy and it revolves around the wishes of famous Disney characters, both good and bad. The lights on Cinderella Castle change colors throughout the show, reflecting the different stages of the Wishes narrative. During different parts of the show, a wishing star fireworks shoots, creating approximately, uh, cresting approximately 100 feet above the castle's bright spires. With most of the characters in the show, well, most of the characters of the show are only heard as part of the show's music track. Wishes also features an appearance from Tinkerbell as she flies from the tallest spire of Cinderella Castle. Wishes includes 683 fireworks that fired during the 557 cues. So, I mean, th- this was the original, you know, Tinkerbell flying through the Magic Kingdom. Right. Now, there have been other versions of Wishes throughout the years, which we're going to go into very quickly. Happy Hollow Wishes, a grim, grinning ghost spooktacular in the sky. This debuted in 2005 and was performed at the separate admission event, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, at the Magic Kingdom in lieu of the regular Wishes show. Taking its name from the theme song for the classic attraction, The Haunted Mansion, the show features fireworks synchronized to classic Disney villain themes and other, Hall- and other Halloween music. Then you have Holiday Wishes, Celebrate the Spirit of the Season, uh, which is during Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party and during the park's regular operating days near Christmas Day. The show features fireworks performed to remixed classic Christmas songs, including Spirit of the Season, and has an appearance by Tinkerbell. Then there was Magic, Music, and Mayhem, which was the fireworks show that replaced Wishes at Mickey's Pirates and Princess Party. It features music from the Disney Princess Library of Animated Movies and the Pirates of the Caribbean movie franchise. There was also Fantasy in the Sky, the New Year's Countdown, which was during the New Year's which was during New Year's Eve, the regular Wishes show is shown and then supplemented by a special presentation of Fantasy in the Sky featuring numerous fireworks and instrumental music from an array of Disney films and attractions. The show is hosted by Mickey, Minnie, and Goofy. Then there was Summer Nighttastic. In 2010, Walt Disney World replaced Wishes with another fireworks show during a summer entertainment package called Summer Nighttastic. Disney announced that this would be the Magic Music and Mayhem show from Disney's Pirates and Princess Party. Uh, Now, obviously, there are new 
fireworks shows that appeared during the last uh, Mickey's Not So Scary and Very Merry Christmas Party that incorporated the projections. I do not have information on those right now. Um, as I'm waiting to see if they they're gonna you know come back and whatnot, right. and we don't really have a ton of time this morning because you got to open the store, so we will go into those another time. I promise. Maybe around Halloween and Christmas, we'll do a deep dive into that. Those would make shows. sense. A yeah. couple honorable mentions before we get to the last one: The Magic, The Memories, and You from 2011 to 2012. Celebrate the Magic from 2012 to 2016, and Once Upon a Time from 2016 to 2020. Uh, these were projection shows that featured maybe like a, a little spritz of fireworks, but nothing, nothing that could be considered a fireworks show. Happily Ever After, the current show opened on May 12th, 2017. I can't believe it's been since 2017 already. I know. That we've had no wishes and just Happily Ever After. I know. Uh, I feel like we just talked about it. Yeah. Reopen- Happily Ever After reopening on July 1st, along with uh, Epcot Forever is a fireworks and projection mapping show that uses lasers, searchlights, and pyro. The sections of the show are Happily Ever After, Wish, Adventure, Friendship, Love, Adversity, Heroes Fight Back, Peace Restored, and Happily Ever After Reprise. The title and theme song both came from Hong Kong Disneyland's 10th anniversary celebration, which I did not know. Pirates of the Caribbean is the only live-action film to be featured in the show, Moana is the only non-Pixar th- film in the adventure scene, and although Shere Khan himself does not appear in the show, you hear the That's What Friends Are For sequence with a voiceover of George Sanders or Billy as Shere Khan uh, used for the castle singing. That's before it loops into Friend Like Me again. Unlike past fireworks shows of the Magic Kingdom, Tinkerbell um, doesn't descend until the very end, weather permitting, rather than at the beginning. So other... Other shows had her in the beginning. This, you know, you get her. I like getting her at the end. Yeah, I get it. There's something to be said about her kicking off the show, but I mean, with the you can fly, you can fly, you can fly, and her coming down, like, it's it's really, really cool. As part of the hashtag Disney magic moments, and because of the ongoing pandemic, uh, Disney had released the full fireworks show on their official YouTube channel as a virtual fireworks display uh, for the end of your Disney day. So, yeah, who needs a fireworks show, Pete? You can watch it on your phone. Right? Same thing. I mean, I feel like a lot of people watch it on their phone anyway because people like to to like record Video. fireworks. Right. Which was always weird to me. Uh, I've done it. I, I've done it too, and it was weird to me when I did it. I do think it's weird. You're right. What is your all-time favorite um, fireworks show at Walt Disney World? I mean, Illuminations, but only because it's the one I've seen the most. Yeah. Um, I always love the music. And yeah. I can remember they gave like, I can't remember what year it was, but there was a year where if you stayed at Disney, like they gave you the CD for oh nice. The music. Do you remember that? So that was kind very of very vaguely, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. See, for me, I would have to say probably. I mean, like, I want to say Star Wars Galactic Spectacular. Yeah, I mean, how could that not be my favorite? But I get that. But I don't know something about it. It was cool. Yeah. It just it's well. Then they started adding like Last Jedi clips to it. Then I was like, oh, I don't like well, this as much anymore. Forget about that. Uh, but then also you have, um, I think Wishes has a very special place in my heart. I know you love Wishes. I love Wishes, but I also really love Happily Ever After. Like Happily Ever After is so good. Like, and it had to be to replace Wishes. They had to come screaming out the gate with something, right? Yep. And I think they accomplished that. With so you ready to hear what our friends around the world have to say about this? Yeah, please. All right, I asked you guys on our Facebook discussion group 
Facebook.com slash group slash two men in the mouse. Number that's number two men in the mouse. I said, Mousers, for this week's show, what is your favorite Walt Disney World fireworks show of all time? Uh Christian Daprich says, Wishes for sure. I love the new stuff too, though. Sam Jobson White says, Does Phantasmic count? Mel Maxi says, Wishes, probably the memory the memories I have associated with it. Brenda Gay Sullivan says, Happily ever um she says H A E, which I'm assuming means happily ever after. No, maybe. Mm-hmm. I hope that she says I hope that it's not going away, which I don't think it is. Uh, Jill Sherrod says wishes, but also Fantasmic and Epcot Forever. Amy Godden says wishes that kids singing that kids singing gives me goosebumps every time. Uh, goosebumps as I type this, just thinking about it. Kathleen Groves says illuminations, reflections of Earth, the combination of story, music, pyrotechnics, and light were unforgettable. Jessica Wiley says wishes. Matthew Chamberlain says illuminations. Heather Gooden says illuminations. The music enough said. Nathan Sanka says happily ever after. Jason Frink says illuminations. Some of the best pyro choreography ever. When Jim Cummings would say we are gathered around the fire, pure magic. That is another thing about illuminations. It did have Jim Cummings voice in it. Yep. Yeah. Shannon Jordal says wishes. I still play the soundtrack when I'm at local fireworks shows. It makes them a thousand percent better that way. Katarina Dupree Did says, you imagine that? You go to a local fireworks show, you're like, yeah. I've for, done that. Uh... I did that. I, 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 I <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I sat there during the Cranford uh, July 4th fireworks and I played the Wishes soundtrack on my headphones while I listened to it. That's great. Katarina Dupree says, nothing will ever beat Wishes music, but the actual firework display is Happily Ever After. I think I would agree with her on that. I like the soundtrack ah, for yeah. Wishes better, but the fireworks and Happily Ever After are way better. Like when you get the Moana spiral like fireworks like come on uh linda l schatzer miller says luminations reflections of earth claudette sheriff hockenberry says wishes and once upon a time walter bernetti says illuminations michael bass says hallow wishes melissa snyder says happily ever after makes me cry every time i was looking forward to seeing it in november but the news today suggests it's going away um i think she was talking about disney's enchantment but from what i can tell that is a um that that looks like a projection show i don't think that's a fireworks show so like unless i unless i read that wrong Hmm. did you take that as it's going to replace happily ever after because i didn't i didn't yeah i i took it as it's going to replace once upon a time right i guess we'll find out michael michael bo michael says maybe it's uh recency bias but happily ever after is my favorite i'm not crying just got something in my eyes Frankie Keith Camel says fantasy in the sky for nostalgic reasons. Yes, I am ancient. Angela Dancer says illuminations will forever be my favorite. Eric Matson says the first show I see after the fireworks return will be my favorite. That's a good way of putting it. Mark R. Budz- I'm sorry, Mark. Budzuski. Hopefully I got that right. I'm sorry if I didn't. He says anything with the castle projections and fireworks are my favorite. Eileen Wells says hallow wishes or wishes. How long did Wishes run? And that answer for that is 13 years, which Katarina Dupree answered. Rachel Odegaard says, Very Merry Christmas Party Fireworks. It's called Minnie's Wonderful Christmas Time Fireworks. But Hallow Wishes is a super close second. Stephen Chininchi says, Fantasy in the Sky, New Year's Eve edition, and Hallow Wishes. And finally, Rick Reagan says, Wishes. Now we'll have the music in my head all day. Well, there are worse problems to have, Rick. I would assume, right? Because I'm going to have it in my head all day, too. So I'll be right, right. there with you. Um, and there you go. That's 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 fireworks. Fireworks. Yep, that was a fun. Uh, uh, before we close, I actually wanted to give one uh, shout out, if I may, if I may take that moment, Peter Mandel. Um, our friend uh, Jason Odegaard from the Disney Dads podcast 
uh, he has uh, made the decision to, you know, just in the in the interest of, you know, time and whatnot and closing a chapter that he is moving on from the show. He, he oh, is wow. leaving the show on good terms. Um, and I just wanted to say to a truly special human being, thank you for all the endless amounts of entertainment and magic that you've spread throughout your time on what is still and will continue to be an absolutely wonderful podcast um, that I recommend to everybody with, you know, my, my fullest recommendation. So thank you, Jason Odegaard. Thank you for, for being such a wonderful friend. Thank you for being a, a treasured part of our two men in the mouse community. And thank you for all of the wonder and joy that you spread on uh, the Disney dads podcast. You will totally be missed on that show. Um, I still really want to have you back on this show uh, in a guest spot. So, you know, Thank you for everything, because you are a very valued part of this shared community. And I love you. And, you know, so many others do, too. So, again, thank you. All right, Pete, anything else you wanted to bring up this week? No, I'm really enjoying the consistency of uh, this uh, yeah, two men in the right, house. Right, you got a, got a little fire lit under us. You know, I'm not even, I'm also not feeling well today, so I could have very easily, I got, when I woke up this morning, I was just like, I might need to cancel today. And I didn't, because I was like, no, the show must go on. So I'm like back in that like, that like 2014 Kev mode, where I was like, I'm, I like I'm that. on my deathbed. Um, and I'm going to Disney on Thursday. I'm doing some work there in the morning, and I'll be at uh, Hollywood Studios and uh, then just going to enjoy the parks for the rest of the day by myself. I like when you say you're doing work there. It's like you're you're a cast member. Kind of. Well, I, I always say like, I'm going to go work at Disney. and Everyone's like, oh, really? I'm like, no, 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 no. I mean, like, I'm taking my work for my job and going to do it. At, Why don't at you Disney. get one of those cast member badges that says Kevin? Oh, my God. I should, totally should. Right? And you can just wear it while you're there on a laptop. Yeah. You know, like, I'm working. I'm working here. Maybe not working for the company, but, you know, I'm working for a company. While here, you could you could bring your laptop like in a bag, and then bring one of those things that scoops up trash. Yeah, and I can be really rude to people though, so that they like are like, <laughs> "What is going on here?" Uh, all right. Well, anything else you wanted to bring up this week? Nope, that's it. All right. Um, Loki is amazing. I'm loving it. Yeah, I've loved the first two. I really yeah. need some Miss Minutes merchandise, whether yeah. it's T-shirt. Oh, that's got to be or... coming, right? I need That's that to gotta be coming. Uh, I they, they have some on Shop Disney, but it's like that stuff that they print like after you order it. Kind of, yeah. it's not like, and that stuff tends to be a little shoddy. Yeah. So I am uh, waiting for some actual merch to come. Okay. Uh, have you got a trip planned at the moment? Uh, fall. Fall. Right. Right. Well, I'll when, be there in the fall. October, November. Both. Oh, right. You're 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 splitting Halloween. So yeah. So I will be there over Halloween. All right, my friend. Week. All right. Well, without any further ado, then that's going to do for Two Men in the Mouse this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you guys next week for another all new episode of the now newly consistent Two Men in the Mouse. Um, folks, if you love our buddy Peter Mantle, check him out at Rogue Comics in Cranford, New Jersey at 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey 07016. Go to RogueComics.com where you can find a link to Pete's eBay store. If you're planning a trip to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, Adventures by Disney, any Disney resort throughout the known world, or Universal properties, please check out our friend Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. You can find him by sending an email to 
DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net or look up Magical Travel Dave on Facebook. Uh, and also, if you're renting a crib or stroller on that Dave Weikert planned vacation, please check out our buddies over at Kingdom Strollers, who will rent you the crib or stroller of your dreams and deliver it right to your Disney resort. And for me, folks, please uh, check out the Morty Monster YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Monster, for a fun look at the theme parks of Orlando. Uh, also, my books, the Ross and Auntie series, Winters of Elnora, Birth of the Dark Angel, all available currently uh, in ebook um, and paperback format and Four out of the five currently available in uh, audiobook on audible.com, which will soon be all five because that one's in production currently. So, nice. all right. Uh, well, that does it for this week. Pete, any closing words? No, let's do it again next week. Let's do it again next week. Folks, please keep the magic alive every day of your lives. And we will see you next week on Two Men and the Mouse. So there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream away If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the monorail stops completely and the doors open. If this concludes your visit, we hope you've had a wonderful time and will return home safely. Thank you for traveling with us.